Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Coming up, Global News reporter Amber McGookin on a couple of Winnipeggers who cleared ice from the footbridge over Omens Creek. Joe Scarpelli, another one of our Global News reporters, will be on the podcast today talking about holiday shopping security. And Brian Smiley from Manitoba Public Insurance on a few things, including Manitoba's crackdown on drinking and driving. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now, the podcast. On this Omens Creek footbridge, which was cleared of ice by a couple of citizens... The city just uh, sent out a release. I read it last half hour. Basically, there was concern that there would be structural issues with the bridge. It's been inspected. It's fine. Be careful. There's still ice around there. Um, Amber McGookin, one of our global news reporters, is on this story today. Amber, good afternoon. Hey, Hal. So uh, this is a statement just came in. Uh, this is obviously a part of your story. Uh, tell us what you know as you work on this one. Yeah, well, I went down there today and I talked to the two guys who cleared the bridge. So what happened was one of them put out the call on Facebook saying, you know, this bridge is such a key part for the community, something everyone's using all the time. And he was frustrated seeing that, you know, this wasn't actually being fixed. And so he put out the call on Facebook and another resident who he didn't know, um, you know, decided I will help you do this. And so the two of them on Saturday went down to the bridge and took three hours to kind of chip away the ice. Um, there was quite a thick layer of ice. You can see kind of some of the remnants still on the outskirts of the bridge. Mm. Um, so it was about six inches, they're telling me, of ice. So they chipped away at it then put some gravel down to make it um, safer to walk on. And so they, they were just trying to, you know, do something to kind of help the community. They thought it was, um, you know, a little bit ridiculous that the city would have the time to put up the barriers but not have the time to actually you know, solve this issue for them so that they were, they were just frustrated and they finally just took matters into their own hands. Yeah. Now, I guess the story changes a little bit with this statement from the city of Winnipeg saying there was not, it wasn't just the ice that was the issue. Uh, it was concern that there might be damage to the bridge because the bridge was for a time underwater and it froze and thawed and froze and thawed. And, and so that's sort of a new element uh, to the story. What do you plan on pursuing uh, with that? I guess that that statement obviously will become part of your story. And, and maybe now, um, you know, this is a word of caution to residents who think, well, maybe I'm just going to go out and, and take care of it. Although I'm going to get to some of the reaction I'm getting by text and email and on the phone here in a second. As I said, Calvin's waiting. A lot of people are calling BS on, on this, on the city saying, well, come on, if that was the case, there might be a better way to get the word out there that that, that was the case, right? Right. Well, we also um, saw in the statement, the city said it was difficult for them to get the equipment down there, too, that it right. was risky to put, to get the equipment down to the location to do this this work. Mm-hmm. Um, I did talk to some residents who were using the bridge today. And, you know, one woman I spoke to, she said she was there when they were putting up the barriers and she thought, oh, it's so great that you guys are fixing this. And then she came back the next day and laughed, realizing, oh, they weren't actually fixing this. They were just, you know, doing putting out the barriers right. for people. So I think people in the community just were really frustrated by this and people were actually doing maybe riskier things they were walking over the ice um, to, to get to the other sides so there was still kind of 
you know, going near the area and it's mm-hmm. pretty slippery to go just on the, on the ice there. So, you know, for a lot of these people, they think this is just, you know, a better option than what they were dealing with before. Yeah. Well, I know Calvin's got some thoughts and he's been patiently waiting on the phone. So let me get to Calvin's call. Thank you, Amber. Appreciate your help. You're welcome, Hal. Global News reporter Joe Scarpelli joins us. Joe, good afternoon. Afternoon, Hal. Thank you for doing this. Appreciate it. You're working on a story uh, for later on here on CJOB and also on Global News Television tonight. Holiday shopping security. What are you finding out? Well, uh, I was just actually speaking to um, to a security guard a trainer here in the city at uh, Toro Security, and uh, you know he was telling me that uh, you know the, the calls are have been increasing for uh, for a presence at retail stores, especially with the uh, with the holiday season. Uh, he's, uh, you know, ever since the uh, the, the liquor store thefts became uh, you know a, a, a pop, popular, uh, that's when uh, you know he know he saw the more calls coming in for uh, from just retailers in general because it's, it, it's now not just uh, a problem for liquor stores; it's all retail stores in uh, in general. Right, and uh, we are seeing. Winnipeg City Police being hired off-duty officers in in stores, but we are seeing more uh, security guards as well. In fact, I was just in a drugstore last week, and there was a security person in there, and that person literally walked around the perim- inside the store, walked around the perimeter of the store, looking down every aisle, keeping an eye on things. And I sort of, I don't know if you've talked to anybody about this today or not, Joe, but I kind of had two feelings about that. I thought, oh, good, there's somebody here if something goes down. But I also thought it was kind of sad that we're now at that point where we have to have somebody like that in a store when we're shopping. Yeah, I I was actually just at a a local meat shop, and he he had to hire uh, security because it was just getting out of hand. People were coming in and stealing meat, cheese are the popular ones, and just anything else they can get their hands on. And it was getting out of hand, so he made the, you know, the difficult decision to hire security. It's like hiring an extra staff member, but uh, he says it, 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 he has to because it's just getting out of hand. Then uh, the next thing, he says if the security doesn't, uh, doesn't solve his issues, he's going to have to start locking up all of his product, which he doesn't want to have to do. You know, I wonder if this is, obviously you're looking at this as we head into the real busy shopping time. Everybody waits till the last minute, over, you know, at Christmas over the holidays here. But I wonder, is this going to be the new normal? Are we going to have security and or police in retail outlets like this of all kinds going forward? Well, the the, the business owner that I spoke to, it is the new normal for him. That, uh, that That's there's no going back. He's made the decision. We need security, and he says that is his long-term solution. There's a, there's there's no way around that. He says if that doesn't work, he's gonna have to take it a step further and start locking up his stuff. But for the one I spoke to, that uh, that's gonna be the new normal at his business. And when you think about it, you know, here's a guy who sells cheese and and meat and stuff. It's you know, there was a time when you'd ask for something behind the counter when it had incredible value, but now. Uh, it doesn't seem like it has to have that big a value before there's an interest in it by uh, these bandits, and you have to try and, and I get it, he's a business person. He's got to protect his inventory and and his bottom line. Yeah, and uh, like you said, it's not just the, the big ticket items. They're stealing anything. And you know, I've done m- many stories in the past with uh, uh, other business owners, and I, I've I've been there when someone walked out with a chocolate bar and a, and a, and a chicken sandwich. 
It's just whatever's there, big, small, they'll take anything. You know, and again, I don't know if you're following this part of it today or not, but we've also had people call in and, and text in an email to the show saying, what's next? Are these guys going to be waiting in the parking lot when it's too difficult to get their hands on the product in the store? Are they going to be, you know, um, approaching people as they leave the store with their bags full of meat or cheese or alcohol? Any uh, conversation about that with these uh, security people and store owners today? That's something I've heard in the past. No, no one that I've uh, spoken with today has uh, brought uh, brought that up as a concern about people getting mugged in uh, parking lots. We, that has been something that has been brought up in the in the past. Yeah. But, uh, if there's anything to that, uh, I haven't uh, I haven't heard of anything like that. Yeah. All right, Joe. We'll look for your story tonight on Global News Television. Thank you. Thanks, Al. Brian Smiley at MPI, first of all. So, Stefan, please hang on. I will talk to you, I promise. Brian Smiley over at Manitoba Public Insurance. Thank you for doing this. Good afternoon, Al. Thanks for uh, giving me a call. Yeah, I want to have you on for a few reasons. Uh, Let's start with the crackdown on drunk driving in this province. You know, I I often, when we talk about this, in fact, I said this just on my show the other day, it blows me away that we still have to talk about what a terrible idea this is. Um, by the way, uh, I tried to reach out to BC today because they've had tougher uh, penalties and, and restrictions like this for a while. Has it worked in other provinces, a crackdown similar to what we're seeing here? Well, since you mentioned BC, yes, they introduced the immediate roadside prohibition, I believe, a number of years ago, uh, too, if I believe correctly. And they have seen a uh, considerable decrease in alcohol-related collisions and fatalities. So from that perspective, it's absolutely working, and that's one of the main reasons why uh, government introduced it in Manitoba. You know, it reminds me, obviously, uh, seat, not wearing your seatbelt is very important, uh, just like, you know, obviously drinking and driving is, is a major problem when that happens. But it kind of reminds me of the seatbelt thing. It's like it, as much as it's hard to argue, it's, it's a bad idea. People in cell phones, same thing. They just tend to take longer to come around to this, and I don't understand that. What we attribute it to is in some situations, particularly in the seatbelt situation, since you mentioned it, uh, roughly we've had about 75 fatalities on our public roadways uh, up to today, 75 preliminary numbers. Uh, Roughly nearly 20% of those are related to non-seatbelt use. And uh, like you, we we wonder about it. But we do find that in some situations, people are making bad decisions because they have consumed alcohol, uh, they get into their vehicle, and they either forget or they choose not to do up their seatbelt. So you've got a combination of a couple of high-risk driving behaviors, A, consuming alcohol, B, getting in their vehicle and, and then not buckling up. And unfortunately, in some situations, they lose control, the vehicle rolls, they get thrown out of the passenger compartment, or, or they get thrown out, they get rolled on, they hit a pole, they hit a rock. And that's the importance of uh, putting on your seatbelt. But most importantly, going back to the root cause, don't consume any alcohol and plan to drive the vehicle. Yeah, and I guess when you consume alcohol, sometimes your judgment is even worse, right? And that's what happens in many of these cases? Well, we find that there's a number of contributing factors to a fatal collision, and then there's a combination. Particularly, there could be alcohol involved, there's speeding involved, not seatbelt use, distracted driving. All those high-risk driving behaviors can be attributed in one crash, unfortunately. And it's a series of events that leads up to that particular crash. And that's why we're saying, Hal, to all your listeners out there, many, many collisions are preventable. If the driver takes the responsibility and doesn't consume alcohol, 
doesn't speed and just drives responsibly. Well, and we're talking about, you know, slippery conditions like we saw on, on Friday when there was a deadly crash and people were moving so slowly in traffic. Drive to conditions. That really is the bottom line when we're talking about stuff like that. Speed limits are set for ideal road conditions, and I think we would all agree, Hal, especially on Friday, blowing snow, icy conditions, uh, whiteout conditions, those are far from ideal. So you need to adjust your speed accordingly and uh, reduce your speed in some situations. You might want to go down to 30 or 40 kilometers, put your four-ways on, and just creep along. That's sometimes the best way, especially when you're traveling in very, very difficult driving conditions. And this cold snap means a lot of people are starting their vehicles, letting it run unattended, and that's a bad idea, isn't it? Well, we have seen that with uh, with auto theft at nearly 90% of stolen vehicles in the province involve the use of keys, and that's far, far too high. And that's why we're sending out this reminder as we have the cold weather upon us, we have the holiday season upon us, people are out and about, they're perhaps parking in front of a store, they're, they're going in and out very quickly in their mind, only a few minutes. But those few minutes, Hal, auto thieves are watching, and they're watching you to leave your vehicle. Auto theft is a crime of opportunity. Just Turn the vehicle off, take your keys, and then you reduce that opportunity of theft. Brian, thanks for the quick chat. I appreciate it. Much appreciated, Hal. Thank you. Brian Smiley at Manitoba Public Insurance. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.